we are we are at the beginning of a of a 10-year period with a new map and like what a great time to be forward thinking about like what does the 11th word of the future look like like ideally what would we love to see and let's work backwards from that. i think that can inform so many things especially from a development perspective like what would we love to see more of what don't we have today that we would love to have and like what do we frankly have enough of at this point hello and welcome to the cloudcast i'm erin hegarty and i'll be your host this week Alderwoman Nicole Lee was sworn into office in March, marking a historic moment as she became the first woman to represent the 11th Ward and the City Council's first Chinese-American alderman. She's now been representing the 11th Ward for almost four months, so I wanted to check in with her to see how those first few months have gone, what plans she has for her ward, and what issues she wants to tackle citywide. And with the city election a short seven months away, I also wanted to ask her whether she'll run for election. I sat down with Lee in her Bridgeport office to discuss all those questions and more. Let's dive in. Here we are in the 11th Ward, in the 11th Ward office. Uh, You were sworn in in March, so you've now uh, been a member of city council for four months, a full quarter at this point. Um, You've seen a new ward map approved, Uh, you've tended committee meetings, council meetings, and soon you'll launch into budget season. Um, oh boy. <laughs> how's it going? And do you think you have a good handle now on ward stuff and, you know, the city hall side of things? Um, I think things are going well. I don't really have a benchmark for that. Um, my, as far as whether or not I feel like I have a good handle, I have a much better handle than I did when I was um, counting my time by days. Um, so, uh, I feel like I've been here way longer than three and a half months going on four. Um, but at the same time, I know that there's just still so much to learn. And as you pointed out, um, I haven't been through a full cycle of anything yet. So, you know, I've had, I've got some council meetings under my belt. I've attended a number of committee meetings where I do feel like progressively as, as I spend more time doing this job, I get a little bit better at it every time. Um, and a little bit more comfortable asking questions and, you know, figuring out ways to engage my uh, my constituents about some of the things that we're, we're dealing with as well. Um, budget season, though, I feel like I've got to get on a special workout for, right? I've, I've heard um, people have been warning me about budget season and what that's going to be like. So I'm hoping to do a little prep before we really <laughs> launch into that, um, including attending one of the, the sessions that the mayor is going to be having about the, the budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I can say from my experience, I started covering City Hall uh, right at budget season. So it's uh, it's good and bad. I mean, you learn you learn a lot in a very short period of time, um, or at least I did. So I'm guessing uh, you will. I feel well. like that has been the story of my entire aldermanic life thus far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were the first few months like? Were there people, you know, was there any member of city council who kind of like, took you under their wing and said, this is how things get done. You know, this is this is where the bathrooms are. This is, you know, don't use this, I don't know, drinking fountain or something because it doesn't work. And um, yeah. and did you rely a lot on, you know, ward staff to, to help you um, on the ward level? I, I would say that. So uh, leading up to the confirmation, I did actually reach out to every single older person. Um, to try to answer any questions that they might have. And, and really, obviously, I, I take nothing for granted. Um, you know, I know that the I was the ch- mayor's choice um, and I didn't assume everybody would just automatically vote for me. Um, so I, I did do some outreach and what I found overwhelmingly, uh, the people that I talked to, um, was that 
regardless of sort of where you ended up on a political spectrum necessarily, uh, it's very much a um, um, a brother and sisterhood, if you will, because mm -hmm. um, we are all in the same boat <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, facing a lot of the same challenges. So everybody was actually very generous with me. Um, endlessly um, and, and consistently, I heard, you know, we're, we all want you to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, so there were many offers of help. Like if you need something, you can call my chief of staff. Uh, but I have developed some older buddies and some <laughs> older mentors. Um, you know, uh, Michelle Harris was part of the selection committee. So she's uh, she's been really great to me in terms of just being a resource. If I have a question about something, she's one of the first calls that I'll make. Um, I've also, you know, um, enjoyed a really great relationship with Alderman Tunney. I'm not on the zoning committee, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, having spent a little bit more time with him during the casino conversations when I would attend meetings, um, you know, uh, and he and his staff have been really great in terms of just helping us get up to speed on some things. Um, and then like, Andre Vasquez has been like wonderful, wonderfully generous to me as has Maria Haddon. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be like forgetting some people here, um, <laughs> but like, Honestly, the, I, I haven't had a bad experience. Uh, honestly, um, everybody wants to be helpful, and you know we're all we're all committed to each other's success. Again, even if we're we're on other sides, um, but yeah, it's been great. Um, people have been um, really wonderful to me. Sam Nugent's been great as well, um, and Harry Osterman. Like mm -hmm. I, we, uh, his ward um, covers uh, uptown. And um, I used to be on the board of Chinese Mutual Aid Association. So we have some common people. Okay. Uh, and he was one of the, the earlier um, older people that reached out and just offered whatever support he could. So it's been really wonderful. And as far as the staff goes, um, you know, I'm really proud of the staff we have in this office. I'm like, I really, um, I know I mentioned to you earlier, this office was painted while I was away and they surprised me with that. Um, I feel like super supported. I think we're, we're really we mesh really well and we're all here for the same thing, which is to serve the constituents of the 11th Ward. Um, and that took some time to build up when we've got some of the, the uh, my predecessor staff that are still here um, and a few folks that are not. Um, I think that's just what it takes, you know, you you kind of go through these cycles and, and I'm hoping that, you know, we're, we're settling in nicely now, trying to unclog some of the backlogs of things. Yeah, has that, was there, you know, a list of things to do when the ward continued on, and I'm sure you know things didn't go unattended. But things didn't go unattended. How did you work through that um, now that you've you know been in in office for a little while? Slowly but surely, I think is the best way to describe how we worked through it. You know, the staff that have, was still here. I mean, hats off to them, and I consistently like I thank them and appreciated them for everything that they did to keep the office running and to keep the constituent services going. But obviously, there were many things that couldn't be done without an alderman's uh, an aldermanic approval. Um, so the basic services, I think, you know, still got taken care of very well, and it was the more sort of acute things that may have come up, zoning issues, that sort of thing, sure. um, that just required um, an aldermanic approval. And you know, I wasn't prepared to do that from day one because I needed to figure out kind of what these decisions were. Um, my biggest fear is making a making a decision without having um, all of the information, and then anything that I do here has long-term repercussions. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is not lost on me. And I think if I think about it too long, it could be really debilitating. <laughs> so I try not to. I try to compartmentalize that um, a bit. Um, but there was, you know, obviously you know, there there had been meetings that had been on the schedule. People had their projects held up because of it. I mean, 
that on top of COVID um, leading up to it was just, you know, unfortunately, there are a good number of, uh, of residents who were sort of disserviced in that way, just the some of the interruptions and delays. I feel good that we are we are pecking away at that and we've got things rolling a little bit better now. Um, now yeah. we've got the extra added benefit of being in a transition from one map to um, another. So and- there's all of that as well. So kind of something that you mentioned, you know, when it comes to legislation and like zoning changes and stuff. So, of course, you know, over the past few months, you've introduced routine monthly legislation like parking permits, tributes to honoring uh, residents and zoning amendments, sign permits. Um, But is there anything bigger or citywide that you're working on? Not not that sign permits are not, you know, a big issue because they are. Um, especially for those business owners, <laughs> especially for those business owners and parking permits are, you know, a thing as well. Um, but what will the first piece of citywide legislation sponsored by, sponsored Nicole, by Lee Nicole Lee look like? Or do you know that yet? Um, it's a great question. I'm still asking that question of myself. I'll tell you some of the areas that I'm interested in, you know, just in the first three and a half months that I've been, um, in office, um, you know, safety is something that is a major concern, I think, across the city, and it's no different here in the 11th Ward. Um, you know, there was a, th- there have been a lot of shootings across the city, but like in the last three or four weeks, you know, a woman lost her life as an innocent bystander. Um, it was not in the 11th Ward, but it, it will be in the 11th Ward in the new map, and that's in Chinatown, blocks away from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following week, there was yet another shooting. Um, and as I'm talking to residents um, and our dedicated police officers about, you know, some of the challenges, you know, I've, I learned recently, um, I learned recently that, you know, um, investigating these crimes is very difficult too, and some what's involved in it. Um, and it, there's so many different layers to it. I'm really, I know that there's only so many things that we can do to help the police, but where we can, um, and where we can write legislation to help making investigations easier to sort of compel, you know, business owners to uh, be more responsive so that we can pursue these cases more. Um, that's something that I'm, 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 I'm doing some research into right now. Okay. Um, and, you know, on the whole issue of mental health, not just I mean, the, the really um, tragic suicides that have happened in, in the last 10 days. Um, I'm a firm believer in mental health. I feel like we should do everything that we can to make sure everybody has access to it, um, especially those that um, sort of face the most traumas in their in their daily lives in the service of the people of the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll be interested in, in sort of those types of things. And obviously, you know, I've talked a lot um, in public about my commitment to this high school for the near South area. And those are the three. Those are the three I'll give you right now. So let's uh, let's revisit all of those here. Um, when it comes to safety, public safety, I you know in preparing for this interview, I looked at you know what you said when you were sworn in, um, and I think you said you know safety, safety, safety. It's it's one of if not your top priority. Um, what do you think the city is doing right? in public safety strategy right now? Where do you think there should be some sort of expansion? And um, you mentioned making cases easier to investigate, but is there anything else that you think the city should be looking at as far as keeping um, residents in your ward and citywide safe? Yeah, I mean, there's some obvious things that I think are really challenging, right? Um, We don't have, um, we don't have enough police for the needs that we have today. Now, I know that can also be rather controversial um, to some, um, 
because there's, I, I think there's definitely um, a, a segment of the population that feels like we're over-policed. Um, and I don't think there's like an either or sort of proposition in all of this. I really do think we have to take a comprehensive approach. Um, there's no doubt, there's no doubt. Every month we're, we're settling lawsuits, right? There's no doubt that there are many things that still need to be fixed um, about what we're, uh, about how we're policing. Um, and I, I think there's still much work to be done um, to strike the right balance between making sure that um, police can do their jobs um, and, and do it in a way um, that is, um, safe for them uh, as as well as you know, sort of acknowledges some of the, the things that really, frankly, weren't done so well in the past in terms of, you know, um, chasing and, and whatnot. Um, I, I think that there's potential for, and I think there's the sense that there's been an over-rotation. Um, I think a general sentiment that I hear um, in and around through my constituents is that, you know, police are, are walking around with their hands tied behind their backs and it makes it really difficult. Um, so I, I don't know what the answer is for that, right? Because I, I see both sides of it. And I think that's the thing that we have to do is to be able to see all sides of this. Um, because I think all too often, um, it's very easy to just make it an either or scenario. Like, we have to take all the money away and reallocate it everywhere. Um, I don't think that's the answer. I, I believe that in, in my word, especially that I hear from my constituents, that, you know, we appreciate the work that the police are doing. Um, we'd like to get them some more support. Um, and on that topic um, of officer support, um, you know, during yesterday, well, as we're talking yesterday, but when you're listening, probably last week, <laughs> um, Alderman introduced several propo- proposals aiming to kind of help with officer mental health and the challenges that they face. And I know you you signed on to a few of those mm-hmm. proposals calling for, you know, hearing on officer mental health and another one that would, you know, seeks to protect officers' days of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think enough is being done right now to, you know, help officers and support them? Or why is it important for the city council, the legislative body, to, you know, take up these proposals and have these hearings and and try to, you know, lend support to to the police? I think it's really important for the city council to, to hold these hearings because we need the information. We're, we're, we're not going to be able to, um, I think, support the police who support the city ultimately um, without some of that knowledge. And I think, you know, it behooves us to be as informed as possible on these issues. You know, are we doing enough? It's never enough anywhere. Aaron, I mean, like, you know, and, and this the the thing that I signed on to for the for the day off, um, I believe it's necessary for for our, especially our police officers to have a day. Listen, I know what I'm like <laughs> when I've uh, and and I have like a, a relatively stressful job, um, and I I go at a um, at a high pace a lot, but it's nothing compared to what our police officers are facing on a daily basis, um, and I'm able to carve out a day. I have that ability and our officers don't have that today. Um, I think it's really important. And the flip side to that too, and another concern that I have, and that's something that I want to take up with my colleagues, is the reality is, yes, I agree that there should be the opportunity to have the day. Like that should be somehow required within a certain amount of time because they need time to like refresh themselves mentally, uh, emotionally, and physically. They need to be with their families and um, 
and, and really be right for the job. Um, the flip side to that is because we are in a situation where we're uh, we're at a shortage in terms of personnel, that puts even more pressure on the people that are already out there. So you can't have one without the other. And that, this is to my point earlier, Aaron, we have to look at this in a very comprehensive way. So we can't just you know ask for one thing without seeing what the, what the downstream sort of effects are um, of any of these. So I think early on in this conversation with that specific piece of legislation, I'm gonna be looking to engage with my colleagues about how do we make sure that anything else that sort of, that this will impact is being addressed somehow. Um, and then switching over to the high school. So I don't, it wouldn't be just the Chinatown high school, right? It no. would be the near South Side or South Loop High School. I'm not quite sure. I've seen it referred to as different, yeah. different terms. But um, is this the location that you think your constituents had in mind for a potential high school? I know it's been kind of controversial because it would be it's I don't know if it's officially proposed yet but they're looking at land that is former public housing um, and you know some people are saying well schools are great but also we need more you know we need more housing um, and both things are true right <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd love to talk about that, right? So the um, I know that in the media, um, this high school has been referred to as the Chinatown High School. It is not. I'll go on the record, um, and I will be adamant about that. This high school is not meant to serve one community exclusively. Yeah, which high yeah. school? Yeah. does well, exactly. <laughs> uh, but but it's an easy thing, you know. I, I don't want to. Um, I, I think what that does is it's just sort of breeds more division, frankly, um, because it, it begins to pit one community against another, as if it's the, the needs of one community. In this case, when the people refer to it as the Chinatown High School, the Chinatown High School is going to take the public housing. That's like if you're only reading headlines, which sadly many people do these days, um, that's what you're picking up on. Um, and, and from my perspective, nothing could be further from the truth. The Near South High School, that's what CPS is calling it, is intended to serve the South Loop. Um, Chinatown, which technically isn't one of the 77 neighborhoods. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's part of Armour Square, um, Armour Square, Bridgeport, um, and some parts of um, Bronzeville to, to the north. And I think Fuller Park actually is probably the more formal name for it. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's absolutely true that CPS has been um, losing enrollment. Um, and that the city of Chicago has also, you know, seen and experienced people moving out. Um, also true that, you know, demographics have changed. We saw that with the ward remap. We're going to have a brand new 34th ward in a place that 34th ward never was before because of where people are choosing to live. Um, and the same is true for this near south area. The south loop continues to grow, as has Chinatown, um, as has the Asian population um, in and around the, the 11th ward. Um, and there hasn't been um, a new neighborhood high school. Um, in this area in the sort of last 30 years. I, I don't know when the last time a neighborhood high school was open, but our, um, our current neighborhood high schools for these areas are Phillips Academy um, and Tilden. Tilden, which is currently in the 11th ward in the southern part of the ward. Um, and there, Tilden is under-enrolled, um, and uh, Phillips has, I want to say about five to 800 students to it. That's a big swing. I just can't remember the number, but more sure. than Tilden has today. Um, and families and students in these areas are choosing to go 
way farther um, to get to more, in their opinions at least, quality educational opportunities. Um, you know, up to nine, students down here are going to 95 different schools. Wow. Now, one of the things, I look, I'm a CPS kid. I went to Whitney Young, um, and it was when you got to be high school age, you just, you know, this is like a rite of passage. This is how things worked, and you didn't know any better. So, like, taking a bus and a train and maybe another bus to get to your high school was just what you did. Like, and the people that got to, like, walk or ride their bikes to school, they were the suburban kids. Like, I didn't know anybody that walked to high school, literally. Um, I think we need to do better for our students uh, because all too often what's happening today um, is, you know, parents are faced with, we have great elementary schools, especially in this in this area, right? We have lots of like one plus rated elementary schools. Um, and when it comes to time for high school, everybody stresses about selective enrollment. We know how competitive it is. Look, I have a son who's going to be a sophomore, but when he was in eighth grade, it was very, very stressful. Um, and I'm sure just knowing that that's coming, even, you know, I've watched kids think about high school in seventh, sixth grade. Like, I, I'm a suburban mm -hmm. kid. Um, I did not think about it until eighth grade when someone, you know, right. said you're going to high school. And you're like, okay, that that's it. where I'm going. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and I'm, I'm older. So, you know, I, I went to high school in the late eighties, early nineties and, um, I still had to apply because, you know, I think my neighborhood school at the time was, might have been Tilden. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I went and took the test, but it was not nearly as competitive, I guarantee you, as it is today. Um, and we need better neighborhood options because you shouldn't have to go through that level of anxiety if you don't choose to. And there should just be a good place for you to go to. Um, not a place that you end up at, but a place that you can like make a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what this is. Like this is this high school is a neighborhood high school. To be clear, it is not a selective enrollment high school. So if you live within the boundary, you could you will be guaranteed a seat. Um, and that is something that I think is an incredible opportunity to your question about, you know, the CHA piece of this. Yes, the, the property that um, uh, CPS has proposed um, is at 24th and State, and it is on the um, former site of the Harold Ickes uh, housing project, um, public housing project. And there was a commitment that was made to the former residents to return affordable units. Uh, and I'm committed that that happened, that that, that commitment be fulfilled on. So I don't Again, you're going to hear me. I'll probably you'll probably get really tired of me, but I, I think both things can be true. Mm -hmm. I think the really amazing opportunity here is to have a brand new high school built with community input about what the community needs are, um, and have housing that's like right across the street, quite literally new housing at that. Um, CPS, as I understand it, is proposing some sort of land swap where you know they potentially. Um, purchase other property that's a couple blocks away so what what was very reassuring to me at least and I don't I haven't had um I don't think I'm done having conversations about the impact of this because I do I want to understand all of it um again because I don't believe in this like, it's got to be either or I think that there's a way for us to have both and together um because having a high school having an institution an anchor institution in this part of the uh, of the community and it, it's in Alderman Dowell's ward mm -hmm. look there were plenty of people who were just like you know you should fight for it to be in your ward there's no space in the 11th ward um, and I think it's got to make sense right so this location um, is 
24th and State. It's in the third ward. Alderman Dahl and I have many conversations, and I think we share this vision of wanting something that is very integrated and diverse that represents all of the different residents mm -hmm. uh, of our changing community down here. Because you don't have that south of Lincoln Park, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would be incredible to start to break down some of those really, I, I think institutionally over time, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can fix that or begin to at least chart a new path. Well, staying on ward-specific sure. topics, um, there have been a lot of distribution warehouses uh, <laughs> popping up in the 11th ward. Um, is that something, I mean, it's good to have uh, businesses come to your ward. Um, your community. Is it something that you think should continue? Should there be further regulations on where those can operate? Or do you have thoughts on on warehouses like that? I, I have thoughts. Um, my first thought is I'm really glad that those weren't on my watch when they were all put in. Mm -hmm. I understand there was a lot of, there, there has been a lot of um, community concern. And I understand where that comes from. Uh, truck traffic is, um, is, is not, um, it's not a small thing. Right. And every every community that's sort of along the I-55 corridor, I think, you know, becomes very attractive for these distribution places. Um, and it's, you know, from a commerce perspective, I think it's it's great. I mean, it's good to have businesses located in your ward. It means jobs, um, it means business is being sort of supported sort of in your neighborhood. But it's also, you know, uh, cause and effect. Right. There's that means more truck traffic, exhaust, pollution. Um, safety concerns over like trucks barreling down a street that's more wear and tear on your infrastructure as right. well. Um, I I think that, you know, what I'm interested in doing is really like engaging the community about like what would we love to see more of? What would we love to see less of? I, I'd love to have like a strategic document that does that, right? And like, yeah. this is my wish list right now, Erin. Um, Especially with, you know, not starting fresh, but with the new being board so new, yes, absolutely. New seems like a good time. For you are totally like smelling what I'm stepping <laughs> in right now, Aaron. Um, yeah, we are we are at the beginning of a of a ten year period with a new map, and like, what a great time to be forward thinking mm -hmm. about like what does the eleventh word of the future look like? Like, ideally, what would we love to see? And let's work backwards from that. I think that can inform so many things, especially from a development perspective. Like, what would we love to see more of? What don't we have today that we would love to have? And, like, what do we frankly have enough of at this point? Yeah. Right? And if somebody new is going to come in, like, what sort of things does the community demand in terms of, like, you know, benefit to the community? Um, Lakeshore Recycling is, is already, like, this happened before I got here, but they're opening a new facility. They're working on it. I, I met with the met with their CEO and, you know, we, we had a conversation about like, what can we do for the community? He's already building uh, into that sort of an educational piece so people understand what's going on there. It's a sorting facility. So they're okay. not, you know, I, I feel like that's a, that is a, probably the best thing that they could be doing. Um, I, I think I'd have a lot of other trouble if they were like melting metals down. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's a sorting facility. Um, and I asked if they, they would consider like opening up their facility for, people to come bring their recycling to because today we only get recycling picked up like twice a month mm -hmm. that's assuming everything's on schedule too that doesn't right. always happen and that someone doesn't throw something weird in exactly the recycle bin that and... doesn't belong i mean like pizza boxes everybody listen to me pizza boxes are not recyclable 
That is now trash, okay? So please do not put those in the recycle bins. Um, pay attention to those cards that the city sends you about what's recyclable and what's not. That's always on my refrigerator. Um, I'm that no. neighbor that's, yeah, yeah. Put, put signs that like, <laughs> stop throwing this in our buildings. This is not recycling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and what I'm hopeful for is like, as they bring schools, school groups to a facility like that, that they do begin to understand, oh, this is how this works. Like, and and how much more trash is produced after they sort through things. Like, it's staggering to understand how much people put in a recycle bin that is actually trash and that there's even more. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a ripple effect to all of it. You may be thinking you're doing a really great thing by putting what you believe is recycling into a recycling bin and then later at the sorting facility. Now it's been trucked to a for, uh, sorting facility. Now it's got to be sorted out and then it's generated trash and that trash now then has to be taken to a landfill. So... The, the trucking piece of that alone with the with the exhaust and the, the air pollution is just yet another thing. I mean, again, so much of this could be daunting and make you want to just stay in bed and pull the covers up over your head if you think too long about it. But we need to think about those things. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think I just went all over the place there, Erin. <laughs> but um, to answer your question about just warehouses and, and like what I'd like to see, um, I think we have plenty of warehouses right now. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not super excited about more at this point and i think you know i'm i'm much more interested at this point about really figuring out a bigger picture before we make any more sort of like major decisions about bigger developments of those types um because there may still be places for those sure. in the world I and mean, we have the stockyards sort of piece of the ward that's very industrial um and it's nice that it is sort of like tucked away in that corner it's not sort of interspersed everywhere i've gotten stuck in there yeah <laughs> it's confusing in there <laughs> Okay, so I think we should talk a little bit about yesterday's city council meeting. Let's do and it. There were a lot of pieces of legislation that moved through or, or didn't move through. Um, one of them was the uh, Alderman Anthony Beale's proposal to raise the threshold at which people are ticketed outside of... For speed cameras. Some mm -hmm. schools and parks for speed cameras. Um did you hear you voted I voted against, against it. Mm -hmm. it. Did you hear from constituents on that? Was that something? I know safety is more than just how Oh, police, a thousand percent. Uh, interact with the community. So was that something that you heard from um you know your constituents about or what did you think about that? This proposal? is great. I just had this conversation with a constituent this morning that I took a walk with. I've been inviting constituents to tell me what their favorite walking paths are. So, um yeah, I, I heard from people on both sides of it. Um, I got lots of email from people who um, felt very much that this program, the way it is today, is a, was, they call it a cash grab. Um, and when I go out and I've been engaging people in the community about safety, um, I get all kinds of requests for speed bumps. How do we slow traffic down? The drag racing is terrible around here. You know, they're right, you're right here by a park and people zoom down this road at 60, 70 miles an hour, um, you know, mine is a ward that frankly would probably like more cameras i have multiple requests at this point and right now we can't get them um so you know we're we're a little bit different here and i think raising raising the the speed limit um at the threshold for when a citation is issued um is ostensibly giving people a pass to go even faster and we know there's plenty of evidence to to prove that you know at, at higher speeds people are less likely to survive these um and people sort of, I think post COVID as people have emerged from being just locked up inside, 
it's a little scary to be out there driving it or riding a bicycle. I have a 15 year old son that rides his bike everywhere. Um, and I worry about him constantly because so many people don't pay attention to bike lanes um, or they'll, they'll park in the bike lane and then we know what happens when, when that happens as well. Um, and especially around parks and schools. I've got a lot of families here. I've got a lot of senior citizens. Um, and those are, you know, if you look at the fatalities that have happened this year, you know, it's a big gap. They're kids and elderly. They're um, they're more at risk at the end of the day. Um, so it it didn't it didn't give me pause to vote against that. Um, look, I've gotten plenty of those tickets, and I understand that it's a it's a financial burden. Um, I think we also have to take a look at you know the equitable distribution of this. One of the questions that I asked in one of the earlier hearings was like. How do how was it determined initially? Like where these cameras would go, um, you know, I'd like more, but like I'd also like an answer to like why there's so many, or the the understanding is that there's, you know, disproportionately hitting people uh, who are black and brown. Then mm -hmm. let's talk about that. But in these places where the cameras are, and I I think Alderman Beale said it himself, like there haven't been there were no deaths. And I was like, to me that means that it's working. Actually, it's not a reason to not have them. Um, and the city, I think, has has done um, a good job, and I think maybe we need to talk more about this Clear Path program. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with the Clear Path program? Yes. Just for your listeners, then, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's a program that the city has um, for uh, for low income residents uh, to get some uh, get some grace, if you not grace, but some relief mm -hmm. um, on on tickets. Um, so you can you can actually have some of your tickets. Uh, invalidated canceled i guess whatever the term is so that you don't have to pay it um under certain circumstances so you know i, I think we're i like that the city took that approach right that they're that they are creating it's a recognition and an acknowledgement that not everybody could afford to do it but what we don't want to do is encourage bad behavior that um, make our streets unsafe right um staying on the topic of city council um What's it like working with your colleagues and working with the mayor? I know you only have, you know, what, three and a half, four months. I'm uh, a pro, come on. Experience <laughs> yeah. so far. And like we said, you haven't made it through a budget. I no. mean, you haven't experienced a budget. Not no. saying you're not going to make it through the budget. I'm going to make it. You're you have to think it. positively for me here, Aaron. <laughs> You've been through a budget yourself, so just have faith for me. You will make it. Yeah. There will be times where you think you won't, but you'll... You'll make it. Um, I will think of this conversation when those times come. Yes. But what's it been, you know, you were the mayor's pick. Um, have you talked with her since? Have you worked at all with her? And, and what's it been like um, working with your colleagues as well? Um, it's not a breeze, mostly because everybody's schedules are like bananas. Um, when, I've, when I have uh, needed a question answered, um, I've been able to get the answers. Like I'll reach out to my colleagues um, cell phones are great for this, you know, <laughs> Hey, do you have five minutes? Can you give me a call? Um, I think for the most part, you know, I, I have been able to get answers to questions big and small. Like I had, I had a, a zoning question. I actually, like I asked as I've had conversations with commissioners, let's say I've said to department heads, like, 
what sort of advice would you want to give like a baby alderman like me right now? Like, you know, if you were, I'm, I'm very malleable at this moment, right? Because I don't know what I don't know. And I'm very open to learning and I want to do the best that I can for the 11th ward. Um, so that means I check my ego at the door and like, tell me what I don't know and how to like, what the best way to do this is. And I, uh, I, I phone, I rung up, um, Alderman Burnett and he like called me back right away. And he's like, well, here's how I think I would handle that. And like, here are the things that you need to be concerned with. And like, Here's a great way to do it. Um, so folks have been really generous. I, I I try not to bother them. The mayor's very busy. I try not to bother her with like little mundane things. Um, have I talked to her? Absolutely. I've, I've had, you know, a, a couple of conversations um, about just things that are going on, places where, you know, um, I might uh, need some assistance with or like where, where should I go with something like this? I mean, it was a standing offer from her like, you know, and I think she said it at the city council yesterday. I know, you know, in practice, who knows how that plays out for her, but I can only speak from my own experience. Um, the the staff have been um, relatively responsive too, in terms of just making sure that I have the things that I need to make decisions or know where to go to, um, to get the help from my ward as much as possible. Campaign season is coming up. Do you think you'll run for election or I don't know if we call it re-election? Uh, next year I trip over this question a lot or like people say well you know you're an elected official I was like technically I'm not and like I don't want to claim that like because I live the people of this ward did not vote for me I was appointed mm -hmm. um they're stuck with me for the moment and I hope I'm I hope I'm doing a good job you know and I said from the beginning you know I I, I wasn't sure um and you know I I think I'm closer to a decision I, I like having three and a, three months was sort of always my time frame I knew I wasn't going to have um, a ton of time to sort of make that call um you know, I'm definitely leaning in a direction. I don't want to say anything official at this point. Um, but what I will say is that, you know, things don't move quickly in, in, in any government, least of all the city of Chicago. I think that's probably one of the most frustrating things. Um, and I don't mean that in a super negative way. It just is what it sure. is, right? I mean, and, and to a certain extent, certain things should not move fast um, for very obvious reasons. Um but I think it takes time to make change um, and to uh, make a bigger impact. Um, I think more time could be necessary to do that. So you're leaning toward? Yeah, I am, I'm, I'm leaning towards, you know, wanting to see this through. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I am right now. Like I said, I, I still have a, a sliver of time. You know, my mind could still be changed. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot could happen between now and, you know, when, when petitions have to be filed. Um, it's not a small thing. I mean, I don't take it lightly at all. I mean, I, I, I will tell you that the first time I felt the sort of weight of the responsibility of an older person um, was around the uh, the vote for uh, the curfew. I'm a mom, you know. Um, I have safety concerns of my own for my own children, um, and I felt like a boomer <laughs> at one point. Uh, but I sat there, and I was like, you know, what I'm doing right now has really long-term implications. And, like, it was stressful and, and but that's part of the job right so there's two sides to this job the 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 day-to-day -day, like taking care of um the needs of the residents um it's challenging as frustrating as that may be that's sort of the easier part like i love that that's second nature to me all of that um some of these bigger questions of like what we're voting on um in the city council that will have repercussions like for way more than just my ward um it's a big deal, and I don't think anybody should enter into that lightly. Mm -hmm. um, did I know what this job was going to look like when I first came? 
No, I don't think anybody, I, I won't say, I will only speak for myself. Like I had some, inc I had some inkling that it's a very complex sort of like role um, and that there was no way to please everybody, nor should you be trying, right? Uh, constituent this morning that I took the walk with, like, so how does that work? You know, is it the majority of the people? Is that how you, I said, it's, it's a balancing act. Um, there are going to be things that I know um, every decision that I make is probably going to make somebody mad. It's going to upset somebody. Um, we all have to live with that and we have to make the, the best choices we can. This is advice that I've gotten from multiple alders. Um, you know, you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror, sleep at night with the decisions that you've made. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, on certain things that is a citywide sort of thing that may be not so popular with many people in the ward, um, but still the right thing to do for the rest of the city. Uh, and I think anybody that feels like, you know, we can just be so insular just looking at like the ward perspective exclusively um, fails to see the role that we all play in the sort of bigger picture of the city. I mean, that the same applies for like other municipalities too. Right. You know, um, lack of opportunity um, on the south side of Chicago absolutely impacts everywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can't, you can't ignore those. You just can't. All right. Did I miss anything? Is there anything you were uh, itching to talk about? Itching to talk about? I mean, I'm interested in these uh, walks you're going on with constituents. Oh, I'd love yeah. to know like their favorite walking routes and paths. And Yeah, so uh, I I, uh, I put out a weekly newsletter and uh, a few weeks ago I, I put in a plug for, you know, walk the ward with Alderman Lee. Um, one of the things that I hadn't been able to do in these last three months is like get out to just take walks. Like over COVID especially, I just got, I, I took so many walks. I would walk from Chinatown like th to the museum campus up through the river walk and all the way back. Like that was like a 32,000 step day. There's also just places that I like to walk to around the ward. Palmasano Park is one of them. Ping Tom Park is another one. I know that's not 11th Ward yet, but it will be. Um, Lovely and, park. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, and if you haven't been there, you should go. Actually, prob people will probably be mad at me for even talking about that um, <laughs> on a podcast. Like We, we kind of want to keep that to ourselves, but it's here to be shared. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone out on a couple of walks so far. Um, someone took me up on it right away. Um, a uh, woman who's the the head of the um, the park council over at Palmasano Park um, invited me to walk the park with her, and it was great. Like I got to hear a lot of her background in history and sort of history of the park and some of the challenges that face the the park and like where I can be of assistance. I'm always really interested in how I can use my position and my influence um, to make improvements um, and to sort of help and be of service to the residents and the community here in the Eleventh Ward. Um, it's great. And I get to see other people as yeah. we're walking. I'm sure like seeing what people are talking about mm -hmm. is helpful too, or it's memorable. Yeah. I, I would say that the, the one thing that I, I'm, I'm disappointed I haven't had more time for, and we're getting there now, is that I haven't been able to be out in the ward as much as I would like to. I sort of focused the first three months or so to really just get the office organized and make sure we had everything sort of humming inside before I started to try to get outside and take on more. Um, and I know how important it is um, for people to meet me um, and to see me. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, people who don't know me yet will give me an opportunity. All I'm, all I'm looking for is a chance to, um, to, to help out um, and to prove myself. Thanks for listening to The Cloudcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Erin Hegarty. 
We'll be back in another two weeks with a new episode for your listening ears. See ya.